0: Everyone
1: and welcome to another edition of Talking Tigs on the Talking Tigs podcast. Uh, I'm Scott Gerard, your host, with uh, my other co-host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, got a few things to get into today It's uh, the last week, where we're really ramping up to the season here. So, so I'm excited to get to you know what, what's left for us to get to before uh, before this first game. Uh, we actually already had college football officially start although I wouldn't say it came out of the gates with a bang necessarily. Uh, we'll talk about that Florida and Miami game, uh, and then maybe uh, you know, get into LSU's first game and some other games that are, that are coming up this week that you know, that might have some impact on us later in the season. Uh, but for now, uh, I want to remind you folks to follow us on Twitter. If you haven't already, at Talking Tigs. Uh, it's the Talking Tigs podcast also, and we're at, uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, the Talking ticks podcast. Um, so guys, before we get into it, I want to check in with you all, see how you're doing. Uh, it's good to be here again, and
2: back in college football season, we can say officially now that, uh, I guess that they were calling it week zero, so now that now that week zero is over, um, getting to look forward to the first home game, first LSU game, and, uh, and a lot of other good games around the country.
0: I know you have doing pretty good, had that kind of appetizer game last night with Florida and Miami. Unfortunately, it wasn't a very satisfying meal, but uh no. made, me, made me ready for this upcoming week here, so excited for that.
1: Uh yeah, I couldn't agree with, with both of you more. Uh that that game was pretty underwhelming. Uh it was I, I, it was just something to get going. It was like that bad appetizer that you ordered, but you know, it just it sustains you long enough for that Delicious meal that you're hoping it's coming, um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. It's like, uh, go it's like go when you go
2: to a Mexican restaurant and you want to get like some of that great queso, but then they bring it out and it's cold, and it's like, what did I even uh, pay pay for this for?
1: You know, right. and it's
2: just it's just disappointing. But then you get your you get your fajitas next,
1: and you're like, all right, this is fine. Right? Yeah. Or if it's that they bring out the queso and it's already got a skin on top of it. Like was was this somebody yeah. else's queso? Yeah, that that game last night, that, that <laughs> this game just was sitting there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, that game kind of just sat there. Um, but anyway, uh, the LSU had a you know we're gonna have one more. Well, that was our last week at camp because now it's pretty much uh, you're in you know game mode. You're 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 uh, revving you're up for your first game, uh, and I hadn't heard too much coming out of camp, so. Yeah, this this first game. Let's just talk about that because it was the weird that it was a full week ahead. I don't remember them doing this recently. If they did, maybe it was like a you know a, like a, a lower tiered programs, uh, you know the undercard. But this was UF and Miami. They're trying to uh, reestablish this rivalry. Uh, Florida was ranked, Miami was not, but it, they both could have been at the bottom of the D1 programs after watching that. Um, Florida came out on top. You know, they came back to win it. But uh, what what were your initial thoughts? Let me let me just ask you that on, you know, each team's performance. And, you know, because LSU played Miami last year, and we, of course, play Florida every year. So um, did that seem like the Miami of last year to you guys? It kind of did. So my – so first of all, just to back it up,
2: like, you know, everyone was hyping up this game. Um, as usual, I mean, you know, everybody hypes up the, the opener games because they're, you know, top build and neutral site and everything. Um, and I was, I was hesitant. Uh, I'm not, I'm never, I, I'm not very high on Felipe Franks. I don't think he's as good as they say. And Miami is uh, kind of, a, you know, everybody hyped up Miami last year and kind of LSU took him to the woodshed in that opener. So. <laughs> I'm not, I, you know, I was a little bit hesitant on this game, but as I watched more and more coverage, and especially on game day, uh, you know, they were they were really building this game as as a real, you know, te- uh, testament to the contenders that are going to be in, you know, we're going to be talking about later on in the season, and especially you know for Miami, not maybe not necessarily for playoff, but uh, you know, a contender for a good bowl. And after watching that, I think that my my initial my intuition on on you know uh on selling Florida and selling Miami are uh were about right now uh, that being said i actually was a little i was actually kind of impressed with uh Miami's defense um i think they were you know i think they were decent i think that they play, i think that Miami uh played up to played up a little bit to to Florida and i think Florida played down cuz i think Florida is the, is the is the more talented team um and they were just so sloppy. Both teams were sloppy, but Florida was, for the amount of they talent were. they have and the amount of hype they have, especially on that defense, uh, just the mental errors and the, and the, the lack of tackling. Um, I mean, on that one screen pass <laughs> to uh, Dallas, uh, forget his first name, but the running back from Miami, I, Florida missed like six tackles. So I think that um, – I was I was talking to I was talking to Daniel I was talking to some of my, my other friends going into this game that I was very interested not really for the game itself but because I wanted to see Florida and I was a little bit worried about you know uh, having a you know if if they're as good as as Kirk Herbstreit and all the guys on games would say then this uh, and if they're indeed the number eight team in the country then LSU might have a, have some trouble with them you know when they come into Death Valley but after watching that performance, I think that um, Florida has a lot of room to improve um, if they're if if are going to give LSU a run for their money.
0: Yeah, that's all good I stuff. Agree. Just got a, a couple quick thoughts on it. So, uh, Miami, yeah, they they looked pretty decent at times. They had some bad plays. Both teams had some terrible plays. More fumbles in that game than I think I've ever seen. Like muff punts, uh, just people getting the ball punched out every left and right. But uh, Miami, their their lineback linebackers with Shaq Quarterman, they played well. I think Miami should have won that game if their offensive line wasn't terrible. They had that true freshman yeah. quarterback who got sacked over and over. Florida's defensive line actually played pretty well. Uh, Zuniga, their defensive end, he's uh, he had at least a few sacks in there. So that was good for them. But uh, big loser is DBU, as some people like to refer to Florida. Their uh, DBs, except for C.J. Henderson, their stud, they got pretty much toasted at times. A lot of bad pass interference penalties. So uh, Florida's claim to the DBU title, not so much. One thing I did like was the new Miami turnover chain, a big diamond studded 305 area code for Miami. So shout out to Pitbull, Mr. 305. Shout out to Pitbull. But, but uh, so that one was pretty cool. They also got touchdown rings. I don't know if y'all saw that where it says like hurricane. I did. It's pretty much like knuckle dusters you put on. So. I not know. They, are. <laughs>
2: they look like brass
0: knuckles. So, yeah, Miami really playing up the, the bling there, throwing it back to the 80s uh, or whatever. But it was just not a great game. And, I mean, Florida escaped, but they really shouldn't have even been that close.
1: Right. but yeah, uh, I
2: think you have to get right in. Miami should have won that
1: game. No, I was going to yeah, they, they should have, and they almost did. But, you know, would have, could have, should have. But uh, uh, to me, both teams – Kind of looked the same like they did last year, you know. Especially Florida, uh, they have talent on both sides of the ball, but uh, I don't know. I think their their secondary took a dip because there was just so many Miami's two touchdowns. You know, like you said earlier, the screen pass, but then there was that also uh, that one where the guy I think Florida Florida hit him at like the ten yard line, and he just he just kept running. There was just so many missed tackles and uh, you know, in the and the PI calls too. Just. Uh, Florida kind of looks the same to me, but in the way that they kind of play down, that's what happens when LSU plays them. So to me, it looks like the Florida team of last year, hopefully it makes a difference that it's going to be at Tiger Stadium because they'll be more ramped up, and hopefully they won't like play down to Florida because they, just, they didn't look that great. I don't think Florida's going to you know, win the East by any means. Uh, I don't think Miami's going to do anything either. But um, you know, it's at least good to get this this first game out of the way. And as far as as far as the uh, the turnover chain and the touchdown rings, hey, that's great and all. But you know, it's for someone like LSU, though it doesn't matter. You know, Miami have a turnover had a turnover chain, but they didn't break it out last year in that first game. So those things are only good sure. if you can score. So uh, that's great. That's probably good for the students, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, it, it doesn't really doesn't really help you win games. So I, I'm glad LSU doesn't bother with that. You know, mo- most of the SEC doesn't. And I'm kind of glad for it, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Uh, what, yeah. One more, I was going to say one more comment is a uh, big loser from this game, Tate Martell. He uh, did not get pretty much any playing time at quarterback, a very limited time at wide receiver. So I'm sorry, Tate. Uh, former, if you don't know who he is, he was former like highly recruited high school quarterback, went to Ohio State then had to sit behind a bunch of Ohio State quarterbacks, got angry, transferred to Miami, and now he's got his job taken by a true freshman. So, sorry, Tate. Ouch.
2: And then, and then also, he, didn't he, he at least threatened to enter the transfer portal like a third time and leave Miami after he lost his job?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a rough story. I remember
2: that was like a... <laughs> um, another, another loser from that game, I think, is uh, Felipe Franks. Because I, if you watched Game Day yesterday morning, they did a whole spot with him and uh, what's that, Marty, whatever, what's it, what's that guy's last name, Daniel, Marty something.
1: The guy with the beard. I used to do NASCAR.
2: Yeah, the beard. Yeah, and he does NASCAR. He does like SBC stuff now. Anyways, they did a whole highlight on him, and you know, oh, he's so talented. He's so and he's definitely a physical like talent. He's six six two forty or something. Can run a little bit. You know, he's got a got a big arm, everything, but. I mean, I think I think just from uh, that pick that he threw right at the end of the game, you can tell he is not an elite. Uh, and and from his performance the entire for the entire game, he's not an elite SEC quarterback. He's not. I I didn't think he was a. I I didn't think that he went out and beat LSU last year. I think we kind of beat ourselves. And after that performance, I don't think yeah. he'll be. Uh, a, uh. He's definitely he's a he's a threat in that he's he's physically talented, but he's not going to be. Someone who can just carve up our, our uh, secondary. So, yeah, I would say
1: another loser from that game is Felipe Franks. Uh, I'll definitely agree with that, and that was that was my thought. Is he he doesn't really look that much different than last year. Uh, again, he's he's tall enough. He's got the great body. He he's he's got the talent. I mean, that that one touchdown pass he had, that 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 was thrown perfectly. But you know, if he's thrown out of his game, I mean, there there was that one of Miami's turnovers it was uh Florida had a first and goal and I was watching the replay of it and it looked like Felipe Franks was handing off and then he strip fumbled his own running back and that's how Miami <laughs> re- recorded it and just you know the other stuff it's i mean he i mean the guy is he just didn't he's not going to be the Cam Newton or the Nick Fitzgerald that Dan Mullen probably wants him to be uh, but I mean, if he's if he's in his zone, yeah, he can he can beat you. But um, he's not the type of guy to to beat anybody by himself. That's that's for sure. All right, y'all want to go into but, uh,
0: uh, week one for LSU here?
1: Yeah, um, first game, Georgia Southern. Uh, I think Georgia Southern has all of its uh, issues worked out. I think the quarterback is still. I don't know if he's still suspended or if he's cleared to play. Uh, We do know that he is not being charged for the bird poop on the hood of his car. I think that much is clear so far. But um, uh, let's assume that he plays. um, You know, that's going to be like one of those dual-threat guys that they're going to have to maybe like Felipe Franks. Um, But I I think it's a good ramp-up for for next week against – the week (laughs) after against Texas. Um, Do you guys expect a – a slow game to start while LSU kind of gets its wrinkles ironed out, or do you think they just come out of the gates and just blow the doors off of Georgia Southern?
2: I I hesitate to ever say, oh, she's going to blow the doors off of any team, especially the, uh, the you know, the gimme games, the money games, because, and Daniel, I think me, you, you'll know this as much as, much as I do, I when LSU has a has a tendency to, and I'm not going to say play down to competition, but play just you know one notch above competition, and they like to, it seems like they like to mess around with teams that should really be messed around with. I hope mm-hmm. that changes. I would I would like to see a blowout. I, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, you know uh, LSU's favored uh, twenty seven by twenty seven and a half. So obviously Vegas thinks LSU should win this game handily, um, which I I think yeah. so too, but. I mean, just going off that line, I don't know if I like 27.5 and a half, um, just by, by past performance. Not that not that LSU's not capable of it, but it just always seems like, you know, they, they leave they, they just leave the door cracked a little bit. So, um, and then also I think going into what you said a little bit about gearing up for Texas, I could I would I would be um, I would be surprised if we if we see a ton of the new offense. I wouldn't you know I I think they'll probably you know line up in a lot of base formations and kind of just show average stuff, and we won't see really the full effect of that of the new spread offense um, until that game in Austin.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there, so I'm gonna come out with my prediction right here is LSU 41, Georgia Southern 17, so that's LSU by what, 24, so they would not cover the 28 points, but they do cover the current over, which is 53 and a half. so I think 41-17, pretty fair. Uh, LSU put some points on the board, but doesn't completely shut them down. If uh, if I had to give one prediction, I think it's that Miles Brennan is going to play a fair amount in this game, and I think maybe entirely the fourth quarter. And so we'll see Joe Burrow lead a couple drives. D- they'll do all right, and then they'll start to work in those uh, kind of reserve players towards the end of the game to see what they're made of. John Emery will probably get a couple carries. Looking forward to that and then Miles Brennan, they'll slot him in there just to make sure he's kind of good to go as the backup. But I don't think he's going to be close. LSU will, I think, LSU will let Georgia Southern kind of compete with them for about a quarter, and then it'll run away from there. But, yeah, Georgia Southern, they're not the worst team so in Daniel- the world. But, yeah, go ahead.
2: I was saying, so you would you'd be quoting Lee Corso, and you would
0: say, LSU wins closer than the experts say. Yeah, pretty much. Because Georgia Southern, they went 10-3 last year, <laughs> albeit in a, a Sunbelt schedule, but they're not the, the lowest of the cellar dwellers. So we'll see. I think, yeah, going to be a good game. Also, yeah, 6.30 p.m., night game, Death Valley. No real better way to kick off the season than that. It's on uh, ESPNU if any of the listeners would like to tune in who aren't able to go to the game.
1: Rusty. Right you, yep. you could probably watch it online too, I think if uh you know, depending on your provider. But um I'm a, I agree with both of you guys. Um I would be hesitant to say that immediately that LSU would cover twenty four or twenty seven points, but um my initial prediction was close to yours, Daniel. I thought it might be thirty eight to like seventeen. But then I heard you say, you know, John Emory will probably play you know, he'll get some carries late in the game. And because of that, I think I'm going to bump it up to 45-17. to 17. He'll get like a, a, you know, just some unexpected touchdown with like four minutes left. You know, the game's pretty much decided by then. But I think, you know, one of these LSU guys is just going to break off because it's the end of the game. And everyone's tired and they don't care. But one of these freshmen, you know, is, he wants to prove himself. Um, I, I think LSU – does come out and opens a strong lead. Uh, But then, you know, maybe they kind of just take that for granted and uh, Georgia Southern is able to move the ball a little bit. I think they will because of their quarterback. But uh, I heard this week that uh, I think it was John Trey Kirkland uh, was working as the scout team QB to kind of emulate Georgia Southern's QB. uh, And they were raving about him. do you do you guys do you guys see that? I, I think it was John Trey Kirkland. It was someone that played defensive back that uh played uh quarterback in high school. Uh and he was just Im- imitating uh the guy from Georgia Southern uh and saying he was having a really good week. Uh, so hopefully that's preparing them. I, I think they'll be prepared for anything. Um but I, I think LSU just has way too much talent for this to, to be close. I, I think they will blow the doors off. And I'll, yeah, that's that's my prediction. Forty five 17 you heard it right here
2: yeah I mean, and, and i guess i by me saying like not gonna be a blowout i mean that i i don't think i i would have a hard time saying they cover 28 points or more but yeah i don't think it'll be close and that it's going to go down to the last uh the last minute or anything but you know i uh as we have kind of said before i think that um you know, sometimes we let sometimes we let teams hang around a little bit, a little bit longer than uh, than maybe I'd want them to. Too.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, what was it? A, a couple years ago? Was, well, I mean, they lost to Troy, but then there was uh, it was like Towson, Towson State, or something, where LSU yeah, only beat. We were like, at that game. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't think it's gonna be that type of game. I I really don't. I think LSU has too much. Momentum and confidence and just the talent is going to be too much for Georgia Southern. You know, a couple years ago when when O was first getting there and hadn't really figured things out, you know, everything wasn't set yet. But I I think uh, the guys that Dave Miranda has, you know, they're they're going to shut it down. And the guys, you know, LSU's new offense, like, yeah, I agree with you. They're not going to show everything, and nor should they. But I think they'll do enough. Uh, They're going to play conservatively, but I, I think Brennan will come in Hand off to John Emory and he'll just, you know, get like a 68-yard touchdown or something. I'll see that happening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One um, more thing of note uh, for us is that this is probably LSU's second best opportunity to hang 60 on an opponent. So for our new podcast listeners, I had made a prediction way back that if LSU, that I don't think LSU will score 60 points in any game. And if they do, then I will buy a Joe Burrow jersey because I've been known to be a Joe Burrow hater. So other than Northwestern State, this is probably our best opportunity to get 60, but don't think they're doing it here or any other game for that matter. And now, Um, did you submit to being
2: a Joe Burrow hater?
0: Because I thought you you
2: characterized (laughs) yourself as a Joe Burrow skeptic.
0: Maybe I've deteriorated at this point, but uh, we'll see.
1: Wow. Oh that's right. Well I think the um the the long the long bet was if if Burrow was if he made it to New York for the Heisman ceremony that um that I would I would buy your his jersey and you would have to get him to sign it saying, I didn't believe in you <laughs> I think that was the bet. <laughs> uh, but, um, it, so, believe me believe me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh so I think we're all in agreement. LSU is going to handle this one, you know, in some varying degree, either they win by 20 or more. Um, I I don't think anyone's saying they're going to score 60. Uh, I think it's possible. I just don't think, you know, depending, it depends when it is, you know, if if they're up by like 35 to something at half, uh, you know, and then just the backups keep scoring, you know, you you can't stop that. But I don't think, uh, I don't think Ed's going to take his foot off the gas until it's really late. You know, if it's, He's not going to keep pressing. Um, but, I mean, I, I think he realizes that he's got to send a message, too. Um, so what what other games have you guys, you know, coming up in the first week uh, that you see is, uh, you know, of interest, either, you know, for LSU fans or the team, or just in general? Uh, you know, what, what games also coming up in week one besides LSU versus Georgia Southern uh, are you guys going to keep an eye on? Um. Well
2: I think I think everyone's watching uh the Oregon Auburn game um in in Dallas, right? Uh so that's that's gonna be a big one. Um Justin Herbert coming in, you know, high Hopeful and then there's a lot of hype around Bo Nicks from uh Auburn. So uh, you know, I'm excited to see that. I think right now Auburn's favored minus three. Uh so I think you know, at that point it's kind of a it's kind of a pretty even game you could even I could even see that that number going down a little bit um I like Auburn in the game but uh you know I'm eager to see both teams play I'm eager to see uh Oregon because uh like you said last year there was a lot of hype around Justin Herbert as a Heisman hopeful and uh same thing for this year he he stayed behind they said that uh, I, I I saw on game day yesterday that they said that this is the first year that Oregon has had like a had a top-ten caliber class or uh, a recruiting class or something like that, which is kind of hard, hard to believe because I always thought that Wait, those, ever? those Oregon teams, that's, something like that. They said that this was like Oregon's best recruiting year ever and they, that the, the new coach had done something that Kelly could never do, which was like very weird to me. Um, but I guess, you know, maybe yeah. it's on paper, like what we talk about with stars and everything, so they've got a lot of five-star recruits coming in. Um, so I'm eager to see, you know, if this is a new, a new Ducks team and see what they're, you know, if they can live up to all the talk. But, um, yeah, that should be a good one. Um, other than that, it's kind of, uh, let's see, maybe North, South Carolina, North Carolina and see what Mac Brown's been doing with, uh, with North Carolina. Um, Daniel, what you got?
0: Yeah, so on the Oregon-Auburn game, I actually like the Ducks in that one. Mario Cristobal, their coach, he's got a pretty good thing going there. It may just be the hype machine, but like you said, Justin Herbert. And then with the recruiting, they had the ESPN number one overall recruit, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end uh, for Oregon. So that was a big pull from them. And so just, I think he's going to be starting week one. So I think he's going to lay the boom on uh, Bo Nix for Auburn, and then that'll kind of hurt. But So that one's good. And then another one that I'm a little bit interested in is Louisiana tech versus Texas, just because of the the appetite for our week two matchup against Texas and see if the bulldogs from up in Ruston can even put up a fight against Texas, see how the longhorns are looking and what our prospects are for the week after. And the last one is probably Oklahoma versus Houston. Houston's been doing pretty well lately, even though Tom Herman left for Texas, they got a good quarterback to King and then so we'll see uh also how Jalen Hurts is looking at Oklahoma. Kind of interested in that. And so Oklahoma will probably handle them, but it's just of some interest. And like you said, the rest of the games are pretty mundane, but should be a fun week overall.
1: Yeah, I, I, I,
2: mean, I one look at this one. Oh go ahead, Scott.
1: No, I was um I was gonna say Daniel uh he, he kinda stole my thunder because I was gonna say both of those games. Um Auburn and Oregon you know, because the the obvious it's uh, an SEC team versus uh, an Oregon, possibly a, a Heisman contender, Heisman hopeful. Um, yeah, just because I want to see you know what Oregon or what Oregon could do against uh, someone like Auburn, and if Auburn, you know, is returning a defense that they've had the last few years. Uh, but you know, it's the only ranked matchup of the weekend too, and also La Tech and Texas to see. Uh, you, I'd be curious to see, you know, how how good La Tech is. I don't remember what they what they did last year, but uh, I just want to see how Texas's defense, you know, how good they might be. Because I'm pretty sure LSU's defense is gonna, you know, it's gonna be a good test against uh, Texas's offense. But uh, you know, I'd like to see how good their defense is because all the hype with Texas was their quarterback, Sam. Erlinger. Erlinger um, so Ellinger. I want to see... Yeah, Ellinger, thank you. So, uh, I'd like to see how that'll be, because, uh, you know, if they come out of the gates a little little slow, then, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of hard to overcome having to go... Uh, well, then LSU you play them in, in Austin, but, uh, you know, Texas might be looking ahead. So, they might... I, I don't think they'll lose, but, you know, they could stumble a little bit and just not put up a good game. But... They may not, you know. They they may kill LaTex. Tech. But I just I don't, I don't know if that'll be the case. But yeah, those are the only those are the only two that I that I really saw interest. Everything else, it's you know, it's uh, some some ranked team playing, you know, some some under under ranked team. So we'll have to wait till week two Here, to get the, one that,
2: the really good matchups. Here's one that I that I see is kind of strange. Uh, Ole Miss playing at Memphis. Memphis favored minus six. That's a. I feel like that's a little bit of a strange matchup. Um, now, Ole Miss is not not good, but uh, <laughs> but even still, you would think that the worst SEC team, uh, you know, should be able to. Well, first of all, Ole Miss is playing week one on the road at a at a you know Memphis, which is a not a a lesser school, uh, at least by size by stature, and I uh, and they're fa- and, and Memphis is uh, you know outright outright favored so. That's one to watch. I feel like, I mean, Daniel, me and you watched some Memphis games last year. They they sure can put up some points. So, uh, that's always a, a fun one to watch. And the over under right now is 68. So, um, might be that might be that might be a game to tease down if you're if you're into betting, tease that seven points and uh, and just collect your check.
0: <laughs> yeah, is right. pretty good. They were the team that should have beaten UCF in the regular season last year. I don't know if y'all, either of y'all remember that game, but they were up True. by like. Two or three touchdowns with like five minutes left, and then somehow collapsed in UCF one to keep their, their winning streak alive, which ultimately was ended okay. by LSU. But uh, they can play some good football, and they actually have a really good. Daniel, you remember that football team this year? What you're saying?
2: Daniel, you remember that that game, uh, that UCF game cost, or that the Memphis UCF game cost us our uh, win total on Memphis.
0: Uh, true, yeah. We, we were betting, betting the Memphis season wins over, and then they choked that game, and we lost all our money. But hopefully avoid doing that this season.
1: But on to the next so, season. Um, <laughs> right. So I know uh, UF in Miami was, you know, one of the kickoff games, even though it was a week apart. But is Auburn-Oregon the only of these, you know, uh, promoted kickoff games next week? Because like I said, that was the only ranked matchup. So is there? There's no other like premier or marquee like game next week.
0: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's it. Um, usually no. they try and drum up these big matchups. I well, guess Miami Florida kind of was that for this week, but oh, maybe there.
1: I need more. That that left me unfulfilled. No the the the, uh,
2: the Clemson Georgia Tech game is being billed as a uh, as a like a kind of marquee game just because Clemson's number 1 and they're they're starting off the ACC network with that game. So that one's one that they're promoting a lot um I, not necessarily because of the the you know the competition but because of the uh uh you know they they're starting the off launch? the network with it.
1: Yeah,
2: the launch. Yeah, the, the launch. And um, uh, I mean, also- the Chick-fil-A kickoff game is is Alabama versus Duke. So I don't know if that's necessarily oh. a, uh, not necessarily a close game, but,
1: uh, you know, Alabama playing. So. Isn't Alabama right. going no.
0: to Duke to play?
1: Wait, what? No, I thought they were the home game, so I thought it was in Atlanta. maybe.
2: Yeah, it's a, no, it's in Atlanta. It's a Chick-fil-A kickoff game.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, so there you go. Um, so it's that it's, yeah, just, kickoff, yeah. It's underwhelming. That's, that's an underwhelming. I know they, maybe Duke was ranked when they scheduled it, but... uh. Uh, it's just, I think that's why it went under the radar. Uh, I think the bigger matchups are in week two. You have um, Texas A&M and Clemson, and then you have uh, LSU and Texas, and then whatever else is going on out there. Uh, maybe, maybe they held back this week because they knew there'd be some big week two games. Um, so, with LSU's first week, uh, I agree with you, and I, I don't think they're going to show too much because uh, they have Texas the week after, but... What would you want to see out of LSU, you know, offense or defense uh, in this this first week against Georgia Southern?
2: Yeah, so um, first of all, I want to see Joe Burrow with, like, a, a, uh, you know, pretty close to spotless game. You know, I want to know no interceptions, like, if if possible, you know, take care of the ball. Uh, Second, I want to see Justin Jefferson kind of – Rekindle that connection from last year, where he was Joe Burrow's favorite target, and uh, kind of you know I, I'd like to see him stand out as, uh, as you know another as one of his top receivers again, along with the rest of the receiving core, kind of work into this new uh, spread you know throwing offense, and then finally I, I'm eager to see Stingley in a uh, in a real uh, real game and outside of that kind of controlled environment of spring game where um, I saw him before or on uh, per, you know videos in practice or anything like that.
0: Yeah, those are All good right. points. For me, I want uh, a 100-yard receiver for LSU. It doesn't really matter who it is, but just somebody to step up, make some big plays, show that we do have uh, kind of a true number one wide receiver. People think that's Justin Jefferson, and I think it could be, but it's kind of a wide receiver by committee at this point. Also, I want to see Cade York not miss any field goals because with the (laughs) departure of Cole Tracy, uh, he was pretty much a stud for us in the special teams last week, or last year, rather. And so now we've got a new freshman kicker, Kay York, who apparently has done pretty well in camp, but maybe he's got the jitters starting in his first college game, and you've got to shake those out before he might be called upon to make some clutch kicks against Texas. But those are two things I'm just going to look for in this game.
1: All very good points, um, I'll go down quickly what I want to see. Uh, I want to see, you know, the Joe Burrow that we expect to see managing the game, throwing touchdowns, maybe even scampering, you know, and if he gets into some trouble, just to see some, you know, see how he improvs. You know, this is, this is his second year here. It's his last year here. Um, I want to see Clyde. I think your 100-yard rusher will be hopefully Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I want to see him run one from far and catch one. And I want to see – I think Kalavion Chase and I will have a sack. And I think uh, someone's going to have an interception. I don't know who. Uh, but I definitely want to see DBU come out of the gate strong there. And I'd like to see Derek Stingley take one to the house in punt returns. You know, we'll see We'll see if that's happened. But even if he gets close, you know, just to see some something from that, like, you know, kind of how we saw with DJ Shark, he he was able to take some back. Um, so someone's got to fill those shoes. But that's what I want to see. Oh, I, oh, also, in addition to all that, I want to see a string of, like, six straight three and outs for Georgia Southern. That's all. Not much. That's all I, I, I asked for. I think it's manageable. <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, it would be great if we could start the game with those six straight three and outs. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think they have it in them, all. In them though. Um, what, uh, do you think, uh, do you think we'll go to the, the backups like a John Emery? I I almost want to see him take one, you know, I want to see, see him in the fourth quarter. Uh, I agree that Miles Brand will probably enter. Uh, but do you think, you know, um, John Emery, will see some time. Do you think,
0: uh, Yeah, he'll probably get a couple of carries. I mean, you've got really four guys who are going to, you get at least a couple of handoffs between Clyde Edwards Alaire, Leonard Fournette, Chris Curry, and then John Emery. And you I would doubt Tyrion Davis, I think he's gonna get redshirted this year, so he probably won't be getting anything. But there's four different guys, at least probably two to three carries apiece, just to kind of give them a little taste of what they got and see really who I guess will be the number two behind Edwards Alaire going into next week. Yeah. What
2: do, you, so what do you think I, about I the? Think we would, go ahead. I always think we'll see a lot of a lot of the different uh, backs. You know, I think that, um, and from what I've heard uh, from our guest last week, Josh Lemoyne, If you haven't listened to that pod, take a listen to it. It was really good. And also just from other experts, uh, you know, with the with the Joe Brady Joe Brady style style of offense, you know, it's it, they they mix in a lot of different threats. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see. A lot of different backs and a lot of different, you know, changes in personnel, um, as opposed to in the past where you see, you know, it's Leonard Fournette all day with a little bit of Darius Guys, or the next year it's Darius Guys all day, you know, with a little bit of Nick
1: Bosa. So, um, yeah, I actually, I actually think we'll see, I think we'll see everybody pretty much. Yeah, and and speaking of everybody, I think that'll include the tight ends. Uh, I think. Thaddeus Moss is going to be highly involved. There was just a, a lot of good talk about him over this past week, Coach. I mean, I think the I think the Times Picayune even did a special story about him. Uh, there was, uh, you know, the, they were gone for spring break um, earlier this year, and Coach O walked into the uh, I don't know if it was the you know the football ops building or the, the weight room or something, but he he said he saw Thaddeus Moss there. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like just trying to get better. So I, I think this young man has worked hard and he's eager to prove himself. And I think they're going to get him the ball. Um, maybe even Stefan Sullivan too, because I think he was switching to tight end, but uh, I, I think that IS Moss is going to, is going to have his name in some, in some stats this week.
0: Yeah, definitely that's a good wrinkle with the, the tight ends there in the offense. So, and obviously we haven't seen Thaddeus Moss with his injuries, really what he can do. So look for him to step up and make a couple of big plays. But I think that's about all I got this week. Looking forward to it. And I uh, can't wait to recap it with you all next week. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, same here. Same here. I yeah. uh, can't wait to go over this, this, hopefully, this LSU win and just talk about, you know, what we saw and what we expected to see versus, you know, what we actually did see and then how that's going to kind of parlay into that Texas game. Uh so Tommy any any last thoughts for you?
2: Um I mean I'm I'm just I'm glad it's here. I'm ready for the the excitement the uh the pageantry. You know, I'm ready to hear the uh Golden man from Tigerland again and uh mm-hmm. let's get this season underway.
1: Amen. Uh and also, I think they're going to start are they starting bills, beer sales this week? Is that um is that was that was the final determination, right? They're going to be selling beer in Tiger Stadium.
0: Yeah, I believe so. That was the news from a couple of weeks ago. I don't know exactly where if it's going to be like every stand, but definitely some people will be having some fun this week.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I I, I saw the list of the some of the beers that I, I think they were going to sell. It's you know it seems like something you'd see at, you know one of these uh, public golf courses. Mick Ultra, Miller Lite, Bud Light, stuff like that. Um, you know, there's a little hullabaloo about uh, them not using more local beers, but I think they do have some local breweries there, just just a lot of, uh, you know, normal domestic stuff. But, yeah, anyway, I hope that all goes fine and it doesn't create havoc at Tiger Stadium because, you know, it'll be the first year they've done that. But, uh, yeah, I- I'm with you, Tony. I'm just excited to see this, uh, this season start and get it underway. We've been talking about it for so long now. Um, But I think that'll pretty much do it for us this week. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll have our first game under the belt, and we'll be talking about that and then whatever else comes this week. So uh, stay with us, Tiger fans, and tune in next week for the next edition of Talking Ticks.